a family home evening. With bad Mormons. It's a podcast. You're listening to it. And it's late. <laughs> Sorry, it's Monday, and it's a little late in the day, but it was a glorious week. <laughs> and a glorious weekend. So don't worry, it's the middle of the day, it's 137 degrees outside, <laughs> and we're drinking cocktails. Cheers. Cheers. We're drinking uh, On the Rocks cocktails. Mm-hmm. The lemon drop. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Um, anyways, if you're wondering what the fuck you're listening to, <laughs> uh, we have a podcast where we get drunk, and then we tell you stories about times we did stuff when we were drunk. And Mormon-ish. <laughs> Baptized Mormon, if that counts. Oh, yeah, we did grow up Mormon. And, And, you know, we bitch about politics and tell you all the funny things that we did while we were drunk or not drunk or sometimes just stupid. You know, you're welcome. Things to amuse you. Yeah, like that time we laid on top of a metal roof in a lightning storm holding hands to watch the lightning. Because we're really smart. Or the time that we were on a cell phone in the water in a lake. In a lightning storm. <laughs> There's a lot of lightning stories. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyways, cheers. Cheers. And uh, I am dropped the ball on this, but I'm very late in giving a huge mega shout-out to our new patron, Susan. Susan, our super awesome fan who happens to be a friend of mine. Thank you, Susan, for becoming a patron. I missed it. I missed the notification. I have to say it's fun sometimes when I get in her car, she's listening to our podcast. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so thanks, Susan. Thanks, thanks for supporting Susan. us. Thanks for the support. You're rad. You're fucking cool. Um, we repent already for being late. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have quite a few things to repent for. I don't have enough room on the sheet. To write all the things that I need to repent for. But, so last week, if you listened to last week's episode, we told you a story about the time that I, Mandy, got a tattoo at 15 years old. And one of my friends, uh, Cherie, actually sent me a message. And she was like, I totally know that guy who gave you a tattoo. His name was Tattoo Bill. And that's what everyone (laughs) called him. And I was like, oh my god, that's right. So I apologize for for forgetting Tattoo Bill's name. Uh, she also told me that um, one of her ex-boyfriends at the time had also gotten a tattoo from him. He was collecting camel cash from everybody oh, for so tattoos. Not just you. Not just me. And uh, she said that her boyfriend got a tattoo from Tattoo Bill at the laundromat on Fifth North wow. <laughs> in Logan. Wow, that's uh, that's something. Although I have to say. It's appropriate that his name is Bill, because when you were telling me this story about this perv giving you, a, you know, a tattoo, because he said he'd do it for free if she went topless and she was 15 years old, is that I envisioned you in a basement much like Buffalo Bill's basement <laughs> from Silence of the Lambs. So I feel like that's just appropriate. Yeah, tattoo Bill. <laughs> and, you know, one thing I also forgot to mention, which is, I, in my opinion, a crucial part of the story, is that when I was 15, I got this tattoo on my chest, like right above my boob area. And uh, I don't know about, you know, other ladies in the world, but my boobs have gotten a lot bigger right. since I was 15 years old. So those lines just broke apart, and it was a huge mess. And there's a reason you should be 18 years old before you get a tattoo. Right. Not just because of your judgment, because your body changes. Right. <laughs> and it will get fucked up. To be fair, even at 18, that's probably still too young. 30. Once you're 30, <laughs> you should be able to get a tattoo because then everything kind of stays in place. That's true. That is true. Anyway, so I repent. I left out some key details uh, last week. So. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay, so uh, Mormon Corner this month. I 
yeah, I was like, you know, I was looking through this illustrated stories from the Book of Mormon, and though it's funny, I can't really make a story out of it or anything. So I made the mistake of going onto Twitter. Well, a mistake, or just everybody should know about it, so maybe not a mistake, but it was depressing nonetheless. Um, and just put Mormon in. Well, apparently the Associated Press on the 8th of this month uh, released a story um, where they had obtained 12,000 pages of records showing that there was a helpline run by the Mormon church that where bishops would call if one of their people, I don't know what you call them, practitioners. In their wards or whatever. Yeah, the people in the ward had admitted to them some something that they couldn't deal with. So they have this helpline, and the helpline pretty much gets a lawyer that's paid by the Mormon church to contact them. And so there's been a lot of abused children sexually from their parents, and these bishops tell them, oh, don't do anything, but don't contact law enforcement. You know, and so nobody reports it, and these children go on to be abused. Um, and there's one specifically about a Border Patrol agent in Arizona who was raping his young daughter and then moving on to an infant child of his and filmed it and then the only reason he got caught was because somebody in New Zealand had bought it or whatever and that person got caught and they were able to trace it back but it's really really fucked up that seems like the kind of thing that you wouldn't admit to anyone like that wouldn't it doesn't seem like somebody who would feel sorry for doing that and go and report it to their bishop well, like, I think, you know what I mean? It just seems like a, what a monster you would have but it, to be. Apparently this happens a lot. Because not just the Mormons. We watched that whole documentary on the Christian one of that priest who was raping children. Like, yeah. 16-month-old children. Yeah. And, like, the instead of going to jail, like, they're like, oh, we're, we're going to go put him in a monastery or whatever where he won't be around other people. But just moved him 60 miles away to a different parish That's or whatever. True. So it's just like organized religion man it's just full of fucking rapists and people who not condone but perpetuate more Cover child abuse yeah and they don't do anything about it because their god allows it i have no idea like Jesus why they they're just like Christ. oh god will take care of it later or they tell them that they encourage them to turn themselves in but of course they're not going to do that anyways it's really fucked up and then it made me go on to read about um this organization called our so it's it's like an underground railroad thing but so it's a mormon man they went over to um to guadalajara or something like that anyways so this vigilante guy who says he's been called on by god went over to the dominican republic and pretty much was going to save children like they set up this whole meeting to buy you know to see these 26 children and they set up this whole raid thing Right on the surface, it actually kind of sounds like, oh, you know, he's taking it into his own hands and saving, saving the what? Ch- chill, uh, trafficking, oh, sex, sex trafficking. Okay. Right, but if anything, so on the surface, it sounds like, oh, he's doing this thing. He's he's bringing these traffickers down. But really, when you get into the meat of it, he created a need for it. You know, even though they didn't do anything wrong to the children, but like they're like, oh, here, let's get more children, right? And then these people got arrested but they're just the surface level there's people higher up than them that they're not getting right and then at the end of the day those 26 children could not be taken care of they were released within a week back onto the streets so it's just like there's a reason why you know there's no immediate gratification when it comes to this to like getting things like sex trafficking or it actually while i was reading it just remind me of this whole trump thing where like 
people want immediate satisfaction and answers and sometimes you have to go through the motions so that it's done properly so you can prove you know what needs to be proven or get the people who need to be gone I don't know if that makes sense but I was just reading and I was like and of course now the Mormon church you know at being appalled you know all the Mormon people are like oh appalled that this happened I just I think that it's ridiculous that like every single Mormon apologist that they've seen in the last couple days are mad at the way that the AP article framed the church and not at the actual content that it exposed. Right. Um, it's beyond disappointing and disgusting. That is so, super fucked up. Right? You, you never really, at least I never really heard, hear much about that from more the Mormon religion. Well, they're really good about covering that shit up, I think. And again, they, they don't talk about it, right? Right. Because if it paints it in a bad light, they don't want people to know about it because they're already an iffy church to begin with with the polygamy and everything else um, underage brides and shit so they try to keep that shit as quiet as possible because it's more important for them to have this perception of being a you know wholesome church than it would be to say oh here's some more shit that we did wrong and you know but again you're covering it up so you're clearly an asshole but Uh, somebody had written on Twitter that I liked that says, another terribly ironic thing about this whole situation is the entire Book of Mormon narrative is warning against prioritizing pride, power, self-interest, and anything else over human life. And then, how do we have all the answers to the test and still do so poorly? <laughs> That's good, actually. Right? Well, when you have billions of dollars, you know, you can afford the very best lawyers and press and you can buy whatever you want. Right. How much is the church worth? Oh, God, I, a lot. I will say this, though, that the two girls, I don't know if it's two girls or if it's the older daughter in that situation. Um, her mom, uh, I think she got a two-year sentence for, not negligence, but some, I should read that more. Um, but the daughter's suing the church and the and the bishops and, and all of that. And the church, of course, going, no, they didn't do anything legally wrong. They've said that multiple times in this video. They didn't legally do anything wrong just morally wrong but not legally so there what well, i don't understand why she's ch- suing the church wow uh just in case anyone's curious the mormon church or the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints as they prefer to be called in 2020 uh managed about 100 billion dollars in assets jesus. 100 billion a thousand billion what's the uh analogy again charlotte so For those who don't know the difference between a million and a billion, a million seconds is a week and a half. A billion seconds is 32 years. And they have how many billions? A hundred billion. A hundred billion. No one needs that kind of money. (laughs) Why are people still paying tithing? They shouldn't need tithing at all at this fucking point. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Uh, Well, next week we'll do something light, more lighthearted, like magic underwear. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have some cool shit. Yeah. Uh, apparently, this is breaking news, Rudy Giuliani is on track to be indicted by Georgia prosecutors for interfering in the election. Yes. Which is, this is according to NBC News, so Thank it's goodness. legit. Oh, that's awesome. That right? is cool. It's super cool. Somebody should fucking grab his passports real quick. Right? <laughs> his three passports or however many passports these fucking assholes have. Did you hear about that? Uh, yeah, that they took all three of his passports. Of Trump's passports. One of them was expired, but were they both the other ones from the United States? I did read that a president does get, like, a um, a 
a diplomatic passport, but they have to give that back once they're no longer president. So who knows? Oh, maybe knows that's what that it. Is. Or is it from a different country? I don't know. Yeah, so apparently, yeah, we're a little late to the game. Yeah, we missed some stuff. Our dad was visiting. He was awesome. We were out doing fun stuff, having the time of our lives. Apparently some shit went down at it's the Mar-a-Lago really golf course. It's been a really good, good week. Um, so apparently there's a bunch of um, Trump supporters outside Mar-a-Lago kind of pro- not protesting him, but like trying to rally him, I guess. Who knows what exactly it is. They're in support of him. We'll just say that. And they people at the Mar-a-Lago won't let them in to use the restrooms. Like, can you imagine? Like... If that doesn't just explain, like, Trump's base, then I don't know what, what else would. Like, totally. It's like, all try to support a man who you think cares about you, but won't even let you use the bathroom while you're out there supporting him. Absolutely. It's hilarious. Yeah. So it's, a sad, it's sad that people who could never afford a membership or be allowed to em- enter Trump's club are protesting in front of it at his sake. <laughs> Yeah, this is crazy. I'm uh, I'm just well. I I think this is a, I think this should be classified under cool shit. This whole raid, uh, and I it's only called a illegal search because <laughs> when you have a search warrant, it's not really. A, what's the difference between a raid and a, just having a search warrant? I don't think there is one. If it's a no knock warrant, right. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I shouldn't be the one commenting on that. But yeah, it's a legally executed no knock search warrant. Uh. <laughs> I'm reading a tweet. Like I said, we're just catching up, so we're a little late to the game, but I'm reading a tweet from Fox News yesterday that you had commented on where some guy is saying, like, this is one of the darkest days in U.S. history. The Constitution's been trampled on. The Fourth Amendment ignored. Uh, It's not about the rule of law. It's about political power from the extreme left. It's like, you say that, (laughs) but you can't just... I should say it this way. I was going to say, you can't just make up rules and do whatever the fuck you want. Except for you can if you're a Republican. But that's not how the left does it. Right. The left follows the fucking rules. Also, being... They're talking about politicizing the FBI. An FBI director who's a lifelong Republican appointed by Trump. And also the judge who signed off on the warrant who's a Trump-appointed judge. Like, fuck off. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Can't wait to see how that's going to play out over the next week. It's going to be just lovely. I've got some catching up to do on the news because, you know, I've been doing other cool shit. Like, uh, I got to go see a Coheed and Cambria show for the first time, which I only went to because Alkaline Trio was opening. Otherwise, I never would have gone. And it was amazing. I'm a new lifelong fan of, of, uh, of that band. Nice, nice. We also saw, I was going to say this would be under this motherfucker, but we went and saw... The Beach Boys. Um, I won tickets on KLOS, which we may have mentioned last week. And now, the week before. What I didn't realize, though, is that the Beach Boys are split into two camps. There is the Brian Wilson Beach Boy, which I guess he doesn't have the legal right to use Beach Boys for some reason, even though he's the one who wrote all the music. Everything on Pet Sounds was pretty much written by that dude. Um, but because he's had legal issues and, you know, being taken advantage of by his manager. We wouldn't watch the movie Love and Mercy afterwards. Like, that guy's been through some shit. So there's him, who's more more leaning liberal Democrat. And then there's his cousin, Mike Love, who's also in the band, you know. 
And he was able to obtain the name The Beach Boys and I think a lot of the rights to it. But he's the he's the type of person who he had a Beach Boys fundraiser for MAGA in Newport Beach. And Brian Wilson had to release a report saying, I have nothing to do with this. I am not supporting Trump in any way, shape, or form. So him and Al Jardine go out and tour as Brian Wilson's band. And then... Mike Love gets to tour as the Beach Boys. And that motherfucker Yeah, that was disappointing. Sucks. Like, at first I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of fun or whatever. Surfing USA. Yeah, and then he stops and says, now this is a band that made, or this is a song that is maybe an unpopular choice. I don't know. Unpopular opinion, opinion or controversial. Controversial opinion, but it is a gender-specific song. And he's like, it's California Girls because it's for a girl, right? And everybody's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, ew, gross. Yeah. And ever since he said that, I was, like, weary of that shit. I'm like, I'm getting some serious fucking MAGA vibes from, actually QAnon vibes from it. And sure as shit, we Googled it later. That guy sucks. And I'll just say this. It was a fun show for the most part. The Greek theater was awesome. Always amazing. John Stamos does not age a day. <laughs> but so this is like seeing a cover band of famous people kind of a thing. So, yeah. like. There's one guy who could hit all of the, like, Carl Wilson notes, like, that super high thing. He, without him, it would have been just A awful. shit show. And yeah, then he was really good. Brian. Oh, oh, dang it. What was his name? Brian Eichenbarrow? Eichen you talk. I'll look it okay. up. Um, but really what it was is it was this old man wearing his hat, you know, just standing in place being, he's 80, so he's old. But he, he's relying on the the popularity, not even popularity, on the celebrity of John Stamos. And then the next thing I know, fucking Mark McGrath runs out skipping. I'm like, what the shit is Sugar Ray doing here? Ew, gross. <laughs> sure, and he's like, he was like the MC for it. It's like, everybody put your hands together. It's the Beach Boys. Oh, my God. And he would not stop running around and not being just so, he's like the little brother who will not stop annoying you. And then we were forced to listen to sh stupid uh, Fly, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Here's a song I, I co-wrote. I co-wrote in the 90s, sorry, the early 2000s. And it was just like, please go away. Please go away. This is not what I signed up for. God, Mark McGrath sucks. Oh, yeah. and his plastic surgery is bad. He still has his icy tips, though, for his <laughs> Yes, <hair>. he does. <laughs> but John Stamos, he did... Oh, wardrobe changes he played the drums he played guitar he sang he did a very nice song for bob saget which i won't shit on so actually that was really great too they, right. they showed us like full house clips of you know just like you know uncle jesse moments but should you get a chance to see beach boys find out whether it's mike loves beach boys or if it's brian wilson and yeah. actually i think brian wilson just tours under his own name brian eichenberger is there his you name. Go. Brian Eichenberger, bass, backing, and lead vocals. But yeah, that was the complete savior. That guy was the complete savior of the entire show. Yeah, without without him, it would have just been like, can we leave? We're never going to get our car out of here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I, got a, I got another thing for cool shit. Yeah? I got an email from this company called All... Well, I don't know if it's a company per se, but uh, it's called All on the Line... And have you heard of them? No. It's basically a, a grassroots movement to stop gerrymandering, and um, they're they're supported by the National Redistricting Action Fund. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I'm not quite sure how I got on their mailing list. Um, I mean, 
I'm not mad at it. <laughs> but uh, I got this email from them, and it's basically like a fundraising type of email, which you have to be wary of. Well, of you boys, know, right? Don't just be handing your money out to anybody who asks for it, even if they're like, We're, we like the same things you like. But I thought this was kind of cool, and the, it, the whole email is like, normally we would be just asking you for money and telling you why we need money and what we do. But we in this email, we'll let the vote-suppressing extremists do the talking. And then they give you a bunch of quotes from uh, far from the far right, essentially, right. on redistricting and voting rights. They've got this quote um, by Doug Priest from Franklin County Republican Party. He's like, I guess I really actually feel we shouldn't contort the voting process to accommodate the urban voter turnout machine, meaning black people. Right. Uh, Paul Weirich from the Heritage Foundation says, I don't want everyone to vote. Right. Uh, Mitch McConnell, state Senate minority leader, says, if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. Right. Remember that? Right, I do remember that. <laughs> I was like, an asshole. Classic. Uh, somebody, Mark McDaniel, a North Carolina state senator, said, we are in the business of rigging elections. They're not even trying to hide it nope. anymore. Wow. Uh, Republicans should look out for Republicans when drawing the lines for reapportionment. So how... What do we, what has to happen in order to stop gerrymandering? Well, the, what these guys are saying is these are the kinds of people that are drawing maps and making election laws. Right. So you have to get rid of those people. Right. And so I, that's what their mission is, is to try to bring about awareness. And because it's us that are voting those people in. Right. Because we vote party. Right, right, right. Republicans vote party. Like, we were just, we love our dad. He was just visiting. We tried not to talk politics too much because he is absolutely on the other end of the political spectrum than we are. Right. I saw the Fox News app on his phone. I was like, Dad, I think you accidentally installed this app on your phone by mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, you know, Trump's the best president we've ever had, in my opinion. He stood up to China. And I'm like, how? Yeah, we're like, no. No, but I literally asked how. Well, he, he said he wasn't going to take it from him. Like, what did he, he do? He imposed tariffs on China. Which ended up raising our prices because it wasn't really, it's our farmers that had to pay for it or something like that. I remember reading a whole article about it. It was like, they, they're not going to pay for it. They make us pay for it. Yeah. The consumers. Yeah. Stupid. Moron. Anyway, these are like, you know, good people, your neighbors, normal people, people who are you kind, love. kind to each other and looking out for My others. dad might be one of the nicest people, who most generous person, yeah. who's always there to help you if you need something, because that's just who he is. And he votes Republican because that's what he does, and that's what he's always done. Right. And honestly, it's it's politics is not interesting to a lot of people, right. and it's not important to a lot of people, and I bet you a million dollars if you were to let people know that this is happening, they wouldn't even believe you. Right. You know, they'd be like, that's not true. That they wouldn't, they wouldn't, why would they do something like that? That's crazy. Yeah, it is fucking crazy. (laughs) Right. Anyway. So anyway, I thought that was cool. If you guys are interested in checking it out, it's A-T-O-L is their acronym. A-T-O-L. Yeah, all on the line. And uh, that seems like a, maybe a, if you have some extra spend in cash that you're not handing over to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we might actually, I think it might be kind of cool to do like another fundraising shirt oh, yeah. or coffee Where you can mug put the money or something. I like that. Because I was going to say, I was like, I know this is terrible, but I'm like, I'd rather you guys give the money to them than to us because, you know, I'd rather them get the money. But yes, yeah, so well, let's do another uh, 
of thing we'll make a t-shirt yeah we keep saying give them all the money because that's nice we keep saying we're gonna make stuff and then we never do because we actually have this job our regular jobs that pay our bills right and our new found hobbies in my case tattooing <laughs> that takes up a lot of time but i'm gonna fit this shirt in all on the line merch nice perfect all right are you ready for some of this motherfucker i am uh, hey, what did you think of that movie Prey on Hulu? Uh, you know, I didn't hate it as much as you do, or did, or do currently hate it. Um, yeah, it's a Predator movie. It, it was good, but was it great? No. Will I watch it again? Absolutely not. I keep hearing from everybody. I heard from two people at work last week, oh, you got to watch Prey. Laurie asked me last night, our sister was like, oh, hey, did you watch Prey yet? I said, yeah, I did actually. She's like, oh, okay, how'd you like it? I was like, it was just okay. And she's like, oh, okay, because everybody I've talked to said they absolutely love it. I was like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, people love it. So we watched it, and of course, our sister Tiffany, who many of our regular listeners will know from her short-lived segment. One and a half stars. <laughs> called One and a Half Stars. Sure she'll call, we should call her in, squeeze it in. We should. She fucking hated it. Uh, she gave us a laundry list of reasons why it fucking sucked, and she specifically made sure to say one and a half stars i hated it right so internet in case you were curious that's our sister cgi is not great loose 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 on the facts i mean again it's fiction but like there's a lot of well that doesn't seem like that makes sense yeah anyway i don't want to get too much into it but if you want an, an opposing review of prey on hulu the new predator movie we didn't like it that much. Yeah, not great. <laughs> I'd give it, I'd give it three stars out of ten. I'm gonna represent my sister Tiffany and give it one and a half stars. All right. <laughs> Mandy did try to get me to turn it off multiple times, and I would not. <laughs> uh, you know what else is kind of this motherfuckering, this motherfuckery, this okay. motherfuckerish? All right. Is, uh, is um, I'm a little bummed out. You know, if you if you guys are have been with us. You know, we love our Disneyland, and we have our Disney passes, and uh, we bought them right at the beginning when they first started offering them after COVID, which has been a year ago now, hard to believe. Right. And so they're about to expire, and, and there's no option for anybody to renew. And so I've been, like, kind of, you know, trying to Google it, trying to figure it out. What's happening? I have 15 days left of my Disneyland pass before it doesn't work anymore. I'm like, I would like to know, like, what my what's going to happen and that I finally found one thing today and it was essentially Disney on their Q3 earnings call basically called the uh, attendance mix unfavorable <laughs> with the pass holders. So that meaning sucks. the pass holders are not generating enough revenue. They're not spending as much money. They're not they're not making as, as much money. So the the mix of people at the parks is unfavorable to gains. Right. So uh, I don't know if any of you guys like to listen in for our Disney, you know, stories or Disney tips and tricks or whatever's happening, but I, uh, I'm a little bummed to hear about that, so they might not even renew the passes at all. That's fucking stupid. I mean, I I said it earlier, I'm like, I, if I have to pay a hundred bucks to go, I'm not going. Oh, hell no. If like, I had to pay, if I had to pay a hundred bucks to go into the park, yeah. plus lunch and whatever, fuck no. No. Like, I paid, what, I think my pass was $600, $700, something like that. I'll pay that for a year. 
But I'm not going to pay $100 every single time I want to go. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, I pay, for mine, I pay, I got the top tier one. So I got the free parking and the 20% off merch and the 15% off dining and all the stuff. And I go probably four times a month, sometimes more. And I pay 100 bucks a month for that. Which is totally worth it. If I had to pay, it's not 100 bucks for a ticket anymore. That's one park. One ticket, 120 bucks. Right. If right, you want right. to go to both parks, it's like almost 200 for one day. That's stupid. So yeah, if they if they uh, if they end up not renewing passes or doing something different with passes, we might not be your Disney source. Right. <laughs> oh man, I I was gonna make that whole Instagram page of hair of Disney. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We might have a different update next week. I hope so. But that was kind of bu- I was kind of pu- bummed when I read that today. I was like, oh man, no more yeah. Disney. Got to find something else to do. Sucks. That sucks. But you know, again, this uh, to me is a, a cross between cool shit and this motherfucker is, you know, the FBI raiding Trump's Mar-a-Lago thing is just. <laughs> So amazing. He's having cool the shit. he has the worst week ever. You know, he had he played pled the fifth over four hundred times in his deposition for the New York about his his businesses in New York. I forget exactly what it is, but it's the big lawsuit that's going through New York about his businesses and I think maybe charities too. And, you know, there's been a lot of, well, you know, if somebody's being investigated by the FBI, they shouldn't be able to run for office. And if you're being, you know, if why are you pleading the fifth if you've got nothing to hide? Only mobsters plead the fifth. And then here he is pleading the fifth. Right. And it's just, it's just so awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. I am, I am here for it. Like I said, I'm a little behind. I don't know exactly the details of a lot of what's going on because I haven't been paying attention because I've been hanging out with my family. Right. Not me. Dad kept going, Charlotte, why are you on your phone? Are you even listening to me? I'm like, arguing online, Dad. I'm really busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm arguing with people I don't know on the internet. It's my favorite. Well, Rudy Giuliani has to take an Uber. because <laughs> So Rudy Giuliani was, he had a subpoena that he had to go testify in Georgia because of electric him being you know um, involved in trying to defraud Georgia electorates right uh-huh. um, and he got a note from his doctor saying he couldn't fly and the judge postponed it two weeks and said I don't care if you have to get an uber train bus we expect you here <laughs> That's by this right. date That's so, right. so it's like have fun with that dick <laughs> Well, maybe maybe before we hear a word from our sponsors, we kind of alluded to the passport thing without really explaining what it is earlier in okay, the conversation. Yeah. But somebody on Twitter had posted, I should actually say who it was, the angry staffer, I love along the angry with staffer. other people. He's my favorite. Have posted this little screenshot of uh, Donald J. Trump from I'm assuming what is his social media truth, truth social, social whatever shit he's doing, and. Uh, these are his exact words. He says, wow, exclamation point. In the raid by the FBI of Mar-a-Lago, they stole my three passports. <laughs> In parentheses, it says one expired. Uh, along with everything else, this is an assault on a political opponent at a level never seen before in our country. Third world, exclamation point. Which uh, just fucking makes me laugh so hard. Well, it's so, so, so ridiculous. And, like, I've been watching a lot of Fox News. People like, how can you keep trying to defend this? Like, it's not defendable. Yeah. I totally understand. 
you know, innocent until proven guilty, fine, whatever. But to sit there and say the FBI planted shit in his house, oh, wait, no, he declassified everything. So, you know, never mind about the planting thing. To, oh, wait, hold on, he can't declassify nuclear codes. <laughs> so they did plant that. And it, just the back and forth between Fox News and bending over backwards to defend him yeah. has been just very, I mean, even for Fox News, that's fucked up. Lindsey Graham also, um, him, Jim, Jim uh, Jordan, and like Mo, all the all the typical January six people mm-hmm. who should be going to jail themselves, all of them bending over backwards to defend him. It's crazy. I don't get too. He keeps calling himself a political opponent or your he's opponent. Not even, or he's nothing. He did no because he's supposed to be the twenty twenty four candidate for the GOP, but he hasn't announced running for anything yet. So technically. I thought Ron DeSantis was supposed to be He's going to be doing it, too. And more than likely what's going to happen, because this has politicized and backed Trump so... Like, it reignited all the fucking fires for the people who supported him. Not that they ever went away, I don't think, but it's just made them louder again. Now it's looking as though it'll probably be a Trump-DeSantis ticket. (laughs) That's so fucking scary. I know. (laughs) so fucking scary. Oh, my God. I mean, he's lost the popular vote twice. Yeah. Uh, one other thing before we before we hear a word from our sponsors, the uh, you know the little like, retweet, and comment buttons that mm-hmm. they basically they've just it appears as though they've just reformatted Twitter. Oh yeah. Onto a new platform. Right. Uh, so this Donald Trump message was uh, it has seven thousand likes. <laughs> So that's, that's how many it. that's how many people are playing on Truth Social, right? So, with that, uh, why don't we take a break and hear a word from our sponsors <laughs> and laugh at Donald J. Trump, former president of the United States, traitor. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again! I know it's been a while, but don't you worry. Your friends here at Temple Twat have been hard at work coming up with new products intended to help maintain that holy holy years. Today, we're so excited to introduce you to a new evolution in freshness, Temple Twat Poon Powder. Poon Powder is an innovative way to maintain that just showered freshness all day. Just a small handful of poon powder can keep that notorious B.A.G. dry and smelling glamorous all day. We're not sure why Heavenly Father chose to make the bearded clam often emit the odor of a rotten tuna taco, but we're here to fix it with three lovely scents. Trigardenia Gash, Magnolia Muff, or Lilac Lady Garden. And yes, we all know that talcum powder is rubbed on your genitals is the cause of ovarian cancer, but don't you worry. Thanks to tithing, the Mormon church has enough money to hire the best attorneys to defend itself from lawsuits or pay you in the event that you win. You won't! So sprinkle some poo powder on that pink wrinkle and seize the day. Temple Twat, committed to keeping your hole holy. Family Home Evening with Bad Mormons listeners get 20% off your first purchase of poon powder. Just use the promo code SISTERWIVES at checkout. That's promo code SISTERWIVES for 20% off your first purchase of poon powder. <laughs> welcome back. Hey, welcome back. That sure was funny. <sighs> Always Love just it. a laugh. Uh, so, story time. What do we have on the books for today? <laughs> do you have any? Uh, I might. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell a story. I, I don't think I've told this one. Again, I apologize if I have. If I could go back and start this podcast over again, I would have kept a list and 
because I do have a list of stories I want to tell, but then when I'm done telling them, I just delete them. So I, I would have put a strike through or somewhere right, where right, I could right. keep track. <laughs> uh, but this is a good one, and it's actually fitting because, so, you know, we mentioned our dad was here. We saw a bunch of concerts. We went to see the Alkaline Trio play in uh, San Diego at this outdoor credit union amphitheater thing at the college, which was a ton of fun, and it was super fun for me because it was dad's, dad had never seen Alkaline Trio He's heard of them for the last 20 years because they've been my favorite band since forever. But I, like, had an Alkaline Trio shirt that uh, I don't think he realized. <laughs> it was one of the ones where if you buy this shirt, we'll donate all the money to abortion funds. <laughs> so it, had, it has the big pink women's symbol on the back and the band logo on the front. So I don't, I didn't tell him what it meant. But he wore that Alkaline Trio shirt to the show, and it was a ton of fun. Uh, but it reminded me of a really funny story I have a shit ton of Alkaline Trio stories over the years, but it reminded me of a really funny one in San Francisco. And this was, uh, this would have been towards the end of, before I moved to Hawaii, which so it would have been like 2010-ish, uh, 9, 10, something like that. And back in that, that, that was kind of like the, pro, uh, I would say like, 2000 to 2010 was like prime alkaline trio time and they were really great on stage you know we're all older now and a little less energy (laughs) a little you know our voices kind of change or whatever um but it was prime time for alkaline trio and laurie our sister laurie and i and our uh, executive genius creative director huge fans (laughs) of the band and we would go and see them up and down the coast like if they were doing a tour we would get as many west coast dates as we could like we one year we actually went to vancouver we went to seattle we went to portland we went to san francisco and then we came down here to santa Ana, i think uh anyways love the band and so this this particular story took place in the city of San Francisco. I was living there with um, Lisa, who was my roommate. We lived on Church Street in this neighborhood that's basically just right nestled in between the Castro and the Mission, uh, three blocks off of Market Street. And Laurie was there visiting to see the Alkaline Trio. They were playing. They played... I forget which venue it was. Slim's, I think, something like that. But then they were playing like this kind of extra secret show at this little club called Cafe du Nord and I don't think I'm not sure if the club is still there anymore but it was awesome it was this tiny little basement thing and it was very Norwegian inspired like uh, it it was just super cool I I don't know how many people you could fit in there but I'm not exaggerating it was probably like 200 okay tiny little thing and this event that they were putting on you couldn't buy tickets for it you could only it was you had to have won tickets on the radio and that was all the people they were letting in that's kind of cool right Uh, well we didn't have any tickets we didn't know about this we actually just we heard that they were playing a show and there was a big line outside and it's right there in my neighborhood and so we went up and we're like how are we getting into the show we have to get into the show like there's no way we're gonna miss this and so laurie our sister laurie tiny little tattooed cute you know outgoing makes friends wherever she goes she starts talking to people in line and five minutes she has a ticket (laughs) i was like this fucking bitch uh and it was uh me her and then my friend from work ryan and so we ask everybody in that line nobody's got any extra tickets there's nothing you know we can do we tried every avenue we tried read it we tried everything right and so i go up to the guy who's the bouncer at the door and i was like dude 
I was like, this is my favorite band in the whole world. I was like, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you can get me in. <laughs> and he kind of just looks at me silent for a minute and he's like, how dare you? <laughs> I was like, totally taken aback. I was like, what? He's like, I can't believe you would suggest that I would betray my employer like that or something really crazy to the point where I was like, he's got to be fucking with me. Right. Like, there's no way anybody would be really be that offended. Oh, no. He let me have it. He was like, absolutely. You're never getting in here. I don't, you know, you're never getting in this club ever again for the rest of your life. Right. You know, I can't remember exactly what he said. He was pissed. And I was just like, Right. And I was like, fuck, I'm not, there's no way I'm ever going to get in here tonight. I was like, I, I totally fucking blew it. And so we, it, the sun's still out. It's still light at this point. It's like, I don't know, five or six or something. And so, you know, Ryan and I leave and we go get burritos or something. And I'm so bummed. And Laurie's over in there in line with her new friend with her ticket. Right. Like, this little fucking bitch. Can't believe it. And so we go, then we go get drunk at a bar somewhere, and the show, I remember looking at my watch going, the show's starting, the show's started now. Like, she's in there, I can't believe it. And uh, she, so we're sitting there, and I'm like, feeling so sorry for myself, you know, drinking, and I was like, you know what, if I can't get into the show, I'm at least going to go and like, hear this, hear the music, right. and go, you know, at least where I can like, be on the other side of the wall from right, the show. Right. And so I go stand in front of the venue and I'm just like hanging out and I'm just listening and I'm like kind of singing along and um, it's the same bouncer out there in front of the door just look, <laughs> glaring me down and I was like, I'm not, I was like, don't worry. I'm just like, listen, I'm just here to listen to the music. I Like I said, I love this band. And uh, about halfway through the show, he looks at me, he's like, fuck, fine, go, go in. <laughs> so you were that pathetic. <laughs> I was that pathetic. And I was like literally every word to every song. And it took, I, I was kind of hoping that that was going to be the outcome, right. but, uh, yeah, at the, at the last minute, he's like, fine, fuck, go, get out of my sight, get in, go in, and uh, so I just went in, and I wa went right up to the stage, and there was hardly anybody in there, like I said, it was like, you couldn't even buy tickets to this thing, right. and I found Laurie, and she was just like, you did it, and I was like, fuck yeah, I did it, <laughs> and then, you know, we listened to the last, it was probably a little more than halfway that I missed, right. so we listened to the last, like, four songs or whatever. Nice. And then it gets even better. So we leave the club. We go out to some more bars. And this is all, like I said, within like a three-block radius of my apartment. It's right on Market and um, Church. Church okay, and Market. Yeah. So if anybody knows the city, it's like there's a ton of shit going on there. Lucky 13 is one of our favorite bars. And it's like two doors down from Cafe du Nord. So we go to Lucky 13. It's jam-packed. Uh, Lucky 13 is this punk rock bar, too, where it's like... Um, the kind of posters that I collect, like the Nine Inch Nails one, right. and those like Day Glow 90s rock posters that were so popular, covered. The walls are covered in those. There's like a ton of good shit in there. And so we go get drunk and we go out and we, my friend Ryan is so wasted that we have to basically take him home and put him in bed. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I want to say about one o'clock in the morning and we're all riding this high from having gotten in the show and, you know, seeing the band in such a tiny, like, tiny little intimate setting and it's your favorite band and it's like the height of their popularity and so we we're like oh, I think we can go get one more drink we can get one more like we can hit last call at lucky 13 before the night's over so we go back to lucky 13 we go inside and the place is a ghost town there's nobody in there there's three people sitting at a table in the back of the bar and so we're we just kind of go up to the bar where I don't know three bar stools in from the front door ordering our last drinks and I'm facing 
the back of the bar and Laurie's facing the door and we're kind of the sitting front door, yeah. yeah we're sitting at the bar looking at each other so she's got a view of the front door and all of a sudden she just stops talking and her face goes white and she, <laughs> like she's seen a ghost and I was like what what's going on she's like Matt Skiba just walked in the bar and Matt Skiba is the lead singer of the Alkaline Trio or the co-lead singer and I was like fuck off and I turn around and sure enough he walks into the bar and I was just like I don't know what came over me, but I just, like, we watched him walk past. Both of us, our heads turned at the exact same time as he's walking past. Embarrassing, I know. <laughs> and I just get up from my seat. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm luckily very toasted. Right. I have a lot of liquid courage. And so I get up from my seat, and I just walk over to him, and I was like, oh, my God, we just saw your show at Cafe du Nord. It was so awesome. Like, I love your band so much. And he just smiled and he gave me this big hug. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and he's like, thank you so much. And I was like, is this fucking happening right now? <laughs> and then Lori, of course, comes right over and she's like, well, you, I love your band too. And he's like, oh, thank you guys so much. <laughs> Gives her a hug. And she's like, can we buy you a drink? And he's like, oh, you don't have to do that. And she's like, no, do you want to take a shot with us? And he's like, sure, I'll take a shot with you. So she orders Patron. And he's like, no, really, you don't have to buy me shots of Patron. Like, it's okay. And she's like, no, no, it's your It's Matt. my honor. You're Matt's Cuba. <laughs> like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? So we all do shots together. And it was super unreal. That's awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. And then he, you know, I don't know who he was with back there, his friends that were back there. And they got up and left and they walked, you know, basically towards my apartment we just kind of like went to the door and watched him walk away and I was like holy shit I'm never gonna forget this moment as long as I live awesome yeah it was it was super cool yeah Laurie I had tickets to go see Modest Mouse and she there was a sold out show at uh, Anaheim House of Blues she found a ticket within seconds she's really good at that she's really good at that Uh you know what do you remember um, when we were down here forget what it was for that they were doing uh they were doing something at the studio in Burbank and you could win tickets on the radio to like go see this little intimate oh, live yeah. thing with them it was like probably 30 people I remember the pictures <laughs> yeah yeah because Laurie fucking got into it somehow right. <laughs> she was like up on reddit all night long trying to find somebody who could get her in had an extra ticket and i don't know what she did but she never came to bed and she sure as shit got into that thing right and the worst part about that was she was like you know what nobody was even checking ids or anything like you oh, could have no. totally just walked in because we were out waiting in the car for her right well she there went in cell there. phones she couldn't say get in here now i don't think so first for whatever reason yeah right we were incommunicado, but yeah, that little bitch. This episode should be dedicated to what a little bitch Laurie is. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about your bouncer person, though, and just, just being so indignant. How dare you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, when I worked at the Beaver in Washington, my job was to was the door person. So if you were too drunk, I wouldn't let you in. If you were causing shit. I, I mean, I use the word bouncer very loosely because who the hell am I going to... I mean, I definitely didn't let people in, but it, if I needed to remove you, I just turned to our bartender Don said Don make this person leave but uh, my job was to take away fake IDs and I fucking loved that job so much you'd get some that would come in it would just like have a you know it looked pretty legit but some you'd bend and they would just bend in half you're like I'll be keeping this thank you some were like they bent well but they the hologram was a padlock and you're like okay gonna be keeping that thank you and some of them were really really good and every now and again you'd get somebody be like I'll give you 50 bucks, like, if you give it back. Because 
it's known in Bellingham that you do not go to two different, these two bars in town, you do not go to them with a fake ID because you will get it confiscated and you will not get it back. And it was the up and up and the beaver. And, um, cause I got $10 for every ID I snagged. Also ruining your day made me happy. So <laughs> I was all about it. But there was this one that was, you know, some of them were getting better than others, but this one was a California ID and I'm from California. So I know what the IDs look like. And it, the bend was perfect. The weight was perfect. Hologram was perfect. And then I throw it under the UV light and there's no UV light. And I'm like, oh, ouch. <laughs> and she's just like, what, what? And I was like, oh, you must have paid a lot of money for this because it's really good. <laughs> is, it, is it the UV light thing? It, it got ran over by a car and just stopped working. I'm like, yeah, that's not how ink works. <laughs> um, but I'm going to keep this. Oh. And, and what it would be, like, some people would just like, but, no, you can't. It's my idea. You know, they would always be like, it's my ID. You can't just keep my ID. I was like, so here's the deal. I don't think it's real. I legally cannot give it back to you. What I can do, though, is call a police officer over, and I can give it to them, and they can give it back to you. Would you like to wait? No? Okay, have a good night. Bye. Uh, <laughs> I was a monster. That sucks. <laughs> For them. What, what, what happened with that one? That one, it was fake. I kept it. Yeah, she didn't want to wait for them. Nope. None of them do. No, and again, you're not going to, because then you're going to get in charge, or you'll know, get in trouble for having a fake ID, right? Is she the one who offered you money to give it back? She actually did not. Oh. Um, I've had people offer me 20 bucks, people offer me 50 bucks, but I will say this, that was the beginning. I worked at the Beaver for maybe a year and a half, two years, something like that, and, uh, by the end of that, of the two years, I could give a shit. Why, nobody was offering me money anymore. I'm like, you, you don't want to give me money to get this back? No, okay, I'll, I mean, I'll keep it. I get my $10, but I, I probably would have just get, for 50 bucks, I'd give it back. I'd turn a blind eye. Um, yeah, it's weird. Weird how that works. But yeah, I definitely, I liked, I liked that job a lot. It was very funny. Sounds for me. perfect for you. It was, and I got to sit and read mm-hmm. and like in between, I'd be like, oh, didn't you just leave? You want to go smoke and come back? No, we had a stamp for that, but, but yeah, no, it was, it was great. That's where the, the Harlequin novels, the, the Mama right. Quinn novel, novels were born. That's right, because I kept I read all the books that I had, and so I told everybody for Christmas, I was like, can you guys give me books for Christmas? Because I'm running out of books to read at my job, because I work Fridays and Saturdays. And then, sure enough, Courtney, our creative director, genius, mm-hmm. uh, for, I guess they were 25 cents a piece, bought me a shit ton of Harlequin novels. <laughs> 10 cents a piece. <laughs> I am... Um, I put paper paper bags like book covers around them so people wouldn't see what I was reading because it's embarrassing. That's another thing we have to get back onto is our Mama, Mama Quinn, Quinn novels. novels. Yeah, so many so many started and unfinished projects with this podcast. Right, Charlotte. we've got great ideas, just shit for follow through. Yeah, you know what? We kind of have shit for reviews on Apple Podcasts <laughs> too. So if you guys can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave well us a rating and a review, we sure would appreciate it. We're on all the social medias: Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. You could become a patron for as little as three dollars a month and join people, cool people like our friend Susan. Thanks, Susan. You can like, subscribe, and share our YouTube channel. You could check out our official merch, which we have on our T public site, which is on our link tree, which you can find on all of our social medias. And we had a few pretty awesome stories sent in to us, but we need more. Send us any funny stories that you have, either being drunk and stupid, going to awesome shows. Maybe you got to go meet Matt Skibo once at FAG Bad Mormons at gmail.com. Don't forget to be excellent to each other, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>